0: Hashem Salper learning Sayta Daflamid Zayin. We left off on daflamit vav amid base, two lines from the bottom. The Gemara began a little bit higher up in the Amid with a Amar chana barbizna Amarab shim and chasida Yosef that was Mekadish shem shamayim, but it was done in hiding. No one was aware of it. To him, the letter Hey was added, and as we spoke out, his Kiddush Hashem. With the attempt of the wife of Petifar to seduce him, and Yehuda that was mekadesh Shem Shemaim he was mekadesh Shem Shemaim in public. The whole, the entire name of Hashem is included in his name. Now we pointed out that we had something very similar on Daf Yudamid Beis. However, on Daf Yudamid Beis, Yehuda's kiddush Shem Shemaim was with the story with Tamar. When he said, "satka," that means many, I was the one that got her pregnant. And here we're going to have in the Gemara Yehuda another kid, Shem Shamayim that his descendant, Nachshon, Ben Amidadov, was the one that jumped into the Yamsuf that, was, that ultimately caused the Yamsuf to split. So that has to be reconciled. I just noticed when I was looking through this Gemara, maybe this is a correct observation, that Andaf Lamed Vav Ahmed the statement begins with a Rav Chonah. Bar Bizna, Omar Abshom and Chassidah. And the statement is made with a Omar Abchanin. Perhaps it was a different person. Or, as we'll see later, perhaps really it, it, it's, it's dependent on a machlekest tanoim between Abmeir and Ab as we'll see in a moment. So let's begin. The Flamed Vav, Med Beis, two lines from the bottom. Yehuda, Ma'hi. where did we find that Yehuda was Mekadesh? Shem Shamayim beferes public. The Tanya we learned in a Brisa. Rav Meir constantly says that Kisham al Hayom. That while the Jewish people were at the edge of the Yamsuf, the tribes were competing one with the other. And as we'll see in a moment, this goes particularly to the tribe of Binyamin and to the tribe of Yehuda. Zeh one tribe was saying, I will be the first tribe jumping into the sea. The Oimer, the other tribe was saying, I will be the first one jumping into the sea. Evidently, it wasn't possible for both of them to jump in together. Or we'll learn, soon the Taisviz, another understanding in the story. In this, Maimer uh, Chazal. So, Kafats, turning to Daflam at Shiftai Shiftei Yamin. While they are arguing which one should be the shape jumping in, Binyamin jumped in. And they went into the sea. And Shinemaran, this is alluded to in the Pasik and Tehillim, that Sham Binyamin Tsair. that over there, Binyamin, who's the youngest, Roidim, Raidim means he rules them. I'll take the Roidim, says the Gemara. Don't say that Binyamin is the ruler, the first king. On on the Jewish people was Shaul that came from the tribe of Binyamin. Why was Shaul, the the, the member of Binyamin, the one ruling us? Ella rad yam. He ruled us first because Binyamin was the first one that jumped into the sea. Now, while they jumped into the sea, All of the leaders of the tribe of Yehuda were stoning them in attempt to stop them from jumping into the sea. Shir as it says, Sore Yehuda that the that the ministers of Yehuda were stoning them, and and therefore That binyamah the that tzadik became the host to God Almighty. In other words, that Kodesh uh, Hakadoshim, as Rashi says, in both Bate and Mikdashim, were built. On the land that belonged to the Shevet of Binyamin, Yerushalayim itself, either Yerushalayim belonged to all of the tribes, or Yerushalayim is divided between the tribe of Yehuda and the tribe of Binyamin. And as we learned together, I think it was in Yuma that the Beis Hamikdash was actually built partially on the land of Yehuda and partially on the land of Binyamin. But the Kodesh HaKodashim was fully on the territory of Binyamin. Shein Amarazet says that when Moshe Rabbeinu gave the bracha to Binyamin, Uvein Kseifov, that in between his shoulders, Shachin, Hashem rests, referring to the Shekhinah, referring to the Arun Kodesh in the Beis HaMikdosh. So here we have Rabbi Meir that says that there was an argument as to who should be the one going in first. And when Binyamin jumped in, Yehuda started to stone them. Now how do you explain that? So let's read inside the first Tosefos. For how you study Yehuda Rigmassam, Rigmenoisan, Kach Shnoi beBraysev in the The following is learned in the Bryson in the Mechilta. That Moshele Mahadavar Deyma. To what can this be compared to? The Melach Basser to a king. Shoyeloshnei Banim that he had two sons, Echad Gadol veEchad Katan. One was the older, and one was the younger. Amar leKatan the king told his younger son, Heemideni im Hanetzachama, wake me up. When the sun rises, the king told the older son, wake me up like kings, wake up in the third hour of the day. Which implied that he will still be sleeping. So when the younger one came, when the younger one came to do what the king told the younger son to do, to wake up the king with the, break of, with the, with the rising sun, the older one didn't let him. the older one told the younger one, don't do that. Why not? Because amarli ella ad gimel is Because father told me, the king told me, that I should wake him up in the third hour of the day, and vahakatan Omar, But the younger one told the older one loyim. No, amarli the king told me ella So they're arguing, and the older one is trying to stop the younger one from waking the king up. And as they are fighting. Ninar avim the father woke up from their noise. Amr and the father told both of his sons, "Bani my children, mikal shnechem Both of you were only looking to do something for my honor. Afani, I will not hold back your reward. And he rewarded both of the tribes, the Binyamin, as we mentioned, they were the ones that merited that the Kodesh Hakadosh wasn't their chilek. Or, we have Poshet from the dame that Binyamin was the ruler, Shol hamelach. And that all of the other kings of Israel are descendants from Yehuda. Interesting. In other words, there was some sort of tradition that each tribe had that they have to be the ones jumping into the sea. The reason why Yehuda was trying to stop Binyamin throwing stones on him was because Yehuda felt that Yehuda means Bittel, a complete uh, subservience to Hashem, as we learn in Hasidus. And perhaps the feeling of Bittel that we had. Before Kriyas Yamsuf was even a greater sense of Bithel that we had during the miracle. In other words, right before the miracle, we, we experienced that without Hashem's help, there's no salvation. We were surrounded by the desert, by the sea, by the Egyptians, and they were attacking us. And it was really a moment that people felt that the only one that can help us is Hashem. Maybe Yehuda wanted for that feeling to go on longer. In other words, there's a benefit from that feeling over... The witnessing the revelation of godliness through Kiryas Yamsuf. Ben Yamin didn't feel that way, obviously. Binyamin either had some type of understanding that they have to go in early or the concept of Ben Yamin has to do with revealing Hashem's might. So uh, he was the one that went in. That is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. And perhaps that was why we had in that few Ramad base whether it's Chana or Chanin, so if Yehuda wasn't the one that was Makada shem shamayim by jumping in, so what was the of shem shamayim? The story with, <coughs> with Tamar sat kamimeni. So Amalei Rabbi Yehuda, the Tana Rabbi Yehuda tells Rabbi Meir, that's not what happened. Elo, the opposite. The tribes, each one, were saying, I don't want to be the first one jumping into the sea. And Khilayam. They were hesitating to jump into the yamsof. Kafats Nachshon Ben Ami So Nachshon Ben Ami who was a nasi in the for the tribe of Yehuda, he was the one viyored layam chila. He was the one that jumped into the sea first. And Shenemad, and this is the passage that we read in Hosea, that we say sivavuni that I was surrounded. Be Ephraim with the falsehood of the house of Ephraim, ube and with the deceit of the whole base Israel. In other words, there was a there was a falsehood, there was a deceit, because when it came, when push came to shove, as we say in English, they, they did not; they were hesitating to jump in. But Yehuda Oid rod But Yehuda was ruling with God. Yehuda had that full which allowed him to jump into the sea, and va'olav Allah an on him we interpret the words, Kabbalah in Shas always means in Nach. And here it's a passage in Tehillim. That Nachshin was the one that prayed, Help me or save me, O Elohim. Because the water came up until my soul. In other words, he walked into the sea until the waters came up into his uh, nose or mouth and he was unable to breathe. And he was crying, Tovati That I am sunk. In the shadowy depths, the ain't mamid, and there's no place for me to put my foot. Let not the rushing current of water sweep me away, and, and let not the shadowy depths swallow me up. So, One second. Shah continues the Gemara at that time. Was davening a lengthy prayer. Muhammad HaKadosh Baruch Hu, tells Moshe Rabbeinu, my dear ones, my friends, Toivim Bayam, they're drowning in the sea. Now dai is Lashan Nabim, which means that after Nachshon jumped in, probably the whole tribe of Yehuda jumped in. So there were many people in the sea. Ve'atam Marich Betfilah, and you're offering a lengthy prayer? L'fanai, davening is valid and a lengthy davening is valid when there's nothing one can do. If there's something one can do, even though, like the Marsha says, we always daven, but there's something called a tefillah Like we find by Miriam, that when she was sick, Mashe Rabbeinu daven kale na rifa na la. Please heal her, please. That was a short fila. Here he was davening ba'arichus, and Hashem criticized him for that, which implied that there is something that he can do. Is Is what should I do? What action is here to be done that will take precedent over prayer? So Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu So you have to command the Eden to travel on into the sea. And v'atah, what can you do? lift off your staff. Una yotcha, and stretch your hand over the sea. And Lafika therefore continues the Tanarabi Yehuda, Zachha Yehuda, the tribe of Yehuda merited Lasso Ismem Israel. They were the ones that held dominion over the Jewish people. as it says again in Tehila and we say this in Hallel, that Yehuda Israel Yisrael that Yehuda became God's sanctified one. Yehuda was, the, uh, that Yehuda was the one that ruled over Yisrael. Why? Because when the sea saw, what did the sea? C-E-A, C-E-E. It saw the tribe of Yehuda. It saw their Mesir As-Nefesh. For certain miracles, you have to have Mesir as And when the sea saw it, it fled away and it split. Okay. So that was the Kiddur Shem Shemayim that happened in and that's why God's name is in Yehuda Now when we learned on Daf Yudah Beis we quoted the Mepharsham that explained that God gave his whole name to Yehuda he was already named Yehuda from, from his birth so they answered over there that in the Chumash in the story of Yehuda and Tamar in the pasuk before he said Tzatka his name is not mentioned he's called the father-in-law and he could have been called the father-in-law until the end of the Parsha why did Hashem use his name? Because he said, because he was Mekada Shem Shemayim. So the Torah used his name that has in it God's letters, Yud and a K and above and A. Now, over here, the question is there was no specific place that something was added to his name. In other words, from here we see clearly that he was named Yehuda when he was born. Why was he named Yehuda when he was born? Al Shem, something that he did in the future. And that's the truth in all of our names as we spoke out at the Holy Arizal says that naming of a child is, a, is an avuah ketana or it was medayik bishma that the name both indicates where we come from the, the source of our neshama and connected to that and the other side of that is it indicates the mission that we have and the kreches that God gives us to fulfill our mission in order for Yehuda to have the strength which he had to be mekadeh, shem shamaim bifarasiah doing an act of Mesirus Nefesh and as the Mepharshim explained dying for God that's one level of Mesirus Nefesh but over here we were commanded to receive the Torah so Yehuda's self-sacrifice Yehuda's Kiddush Shem wasn't that he was willing to die for God Yehuda knew that he will survive it even though it made no sense he entered the sea knowing that he needs to exit the sea he needed to live to receive the Torah Ah, you're doing something that, according to the laws of nature, through it you lose your life. Hashem said to travel. You have to go ahead. So he did the so, and Itaka lived, and Bishosam, the entire Jewish people, went through the Kriyas Yamsuf. Continues the Gemara back to the Brachas and the Klaalis that were given on Har Grizim and Har Evel. Tiny we learned in Abraissa. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, right? The Kavanaki. What does he say? Oimer, Iefsher, Laimer Levi, Lamaton. You can't say that Levi was standing in between the mountains. Because Shekfar Nemar, Lamaila. As we said that in Parshat Kisavai, there the Torah explicitly counts which tribes are going to stand on which, stand on which mountain. And over there we read that Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Yeseveh, and Yamin, they stood on top of Har Gerizim. So Levi is on top of Har Gerizim. But on the other hand, we can't say that Levi was standing on top of the mountain, on top of Mount Gerizim. Because it says... As Rashi points out in the first narrow line in Rashi, a passage from Yehoi that it says, That down in between the mountain you had the Kahanim and the levim, who were the ones that articulated the blessings and the curses. So where were they? So Were they on top of the mountain? Or were they standing in between the mountains? So Rabbi Yezre Ben Yaakov says, Ziknei Kohonavi Leviya Lamata, that the elders of the Kahanim, the elders of the Leviyim, they were Lamata. What's the Zikainim? Well, the same Pirke Ben Shishim Vahasha'ar and all the other Leviyim that were younger than the age of Zikna, they were standing on top of Mount Gerizim. That's one approach. Rabbi Yoishia says, that whoever was fit because of their age to serve in the Beis HaMikdash and as it says clearly in the Chumash that the Levim's age of service is from 30 to 50 the ones who were from 30 to 50 they stood lamato vahasha'ar the younger ones the older ones lamailo they stood above so we have a machloikas now comes along Rebbe and as the Marsha speaks out Rebbe is not giving another answer to reconcile the contradiction the contradiction of was Levi Lamailo? was Levi Lamata? was responded either like Rabbi Lea Yaakov or like Rabbi Yoshia. In other words, there was some sort of division. Rabbi is coming to tell you a whole new approach about how did these blessings and curses take place. And Rabbi says, All of them stood down. And I'll tell you even better, we learned on that form with the flamen Gimbal at Beis when we had the Braisa as to which Hargrizim and Haravul was it. Was it the ones that were near Shechem, the way we learned in our Mishnah? Or, Tatana Rabbi el holds that it was right after the crossing of the Yardin. It was right west of the Jordan River. There you don't have mountains. So we spoke out the Yerushalmi. That says that there were no mountains there. It was plains. It was Ba'arava. But the Jewish people, they built two mounds. One of them represented Grizim and one of them represented and was called Avel. Now, if it was a man-made mount, you're speaking about all the Jewish people. Half on one, half on the other. So if the Takah stood on those mounts, what kind of mount did they build? How many miles was that mount? How many million? How many parses? So here, Rabbi maybe resolves all that. No one stood on the mountains. They stood. All of them stood down. They all turned to facing that mound and the bracha was articulated. Then, when they faced Hareval, upashobe klala. Now, all of that can work using the words that we read in Yehoshua. Over there, the Torah doesn't say, Nach doesn't say the words Al, on top of. However, both in Parshas Re'ei and in Parshas Kisavoi. In both of these parshas, the Torah says the words that we should stand. Au, au, al. Reiki It says, on top, answers Rebbe. The word au doesn't mean on top. The word au means near, means besamur. Kiddet Tanya, and this is something that we find in a regarding the Shulchan that we had the Shulchan Hazav in the Mishkan in the Beis Hamikdash, and on it there were the twelve loaves of bread, but they were stacked in two stacks. And it says in the Chumash, "Vinosata Alhama Hama Areches," that you should put on the stack levaina zaka pure levaina pure frankincense, and we know that the spoons that held the levaina were not put on top of the stack, they were actually put on the table in between the stacks. And Nebi explains that that al doesn't mean on top, al means b'somuch. So just like we find by the Shulchan, by the Lavoina, al means b'somuch, Re'ei and Kisovei, the Yidin did not stand on the mountains, they stood near the mountains. Now the braisa goes on and says regarding the Lavoina, Ato'emer al can mean near, maybe al means mamish. So the Brahisa says, Kishu Oimer, when it says, In Pikode, Visakoisa es that you should screen the orin. And the Pasik says like this it says, Visamtosham es arin ho edus, that you should put in the kodesh hakadoshim, the orin Kedish. Then it says, You should screen the orin with the curtain. Now, what does screening the orin with the curtain mean? Al the aron, the only way you could have put the curtain on the aron would have been if the parochas would have been laying horizontally. You would have, you know, this would have been the aron, and you would have put it on top. But we know we, they didn't put the curtain horizontally. They put the curtain vertically, and when they put it vertically, they didn't put it somewhere in the middle of the aron kodesh. The entire aron kodesh was in the holy of holies. So al over there for sure must mean b'samoch. So just like it means B'somach by the Aron Kaidish, Al means B'somach by the Levaino. And Rabbi says it's not only there, that in other places the word Al could mean, and indeed it means by the Klawless and Brachis, that they were B'somach. Again, it doesn't, it doesn't resolve the stira, because even though they were B'somach, they were divided. And however they were divided, it was 12, six tribes on one side, six tribes on the other side, and in the center... Had the Lodim and the Kahanim and the and So the question has to be resolved either like Rabbi like Rabbi Yezibin Yaakov or like Rabbi Yoshiyah. Okay, now we go back to the Mishnah. When the Mishnah speaks out exactly how these brachas and kollos were given, so the Mishnah says that they began with the bracha, and this is one of the many places where we see that without teidershebal Shabalpeh, we have nothing from the teidersheberchsav. Nothing. What it says in Teirish Shavachsav happened the way it's written. Completely not. It's partially The Teirish Shavachsav is what we call the Shemois Hakadoshim of Hashem. It's holy names. The fact that they were divided in a way, and we can touch those words is a miracle. That these holy names actually came all the way down to the, to our human comprehension. But it's like pure godliness. And, and the stories related in the Torah without oral tradition, you have the whole thing wrong. The whole Torah is the Torah as Hashem taught it to Moshe, as it's passed down orally to the Jewish people. And for example, this is a great example. You read the, you read the, the, the mitzvah in Ki Savi. Sick should stand on top of this mountain. Six should stand on top of that mountain. First we discover they were not exactly on top. Then the Torah speaks out a total of 12 curses, 11 specific curses. And it concludes with the 12th, which is like a general koala. Now we're learning that, first of all, blessings were given. And the blessings were given before the curses. So it was a blessing and it wasn't a curse. And now we're going to see, according to this gemara, the whole thing will change in a moment. That being that the 12th curse and its opposite, the 12th blessing, reads, Which means they said, Baruch. Blessed is the person asher Yakum, as kol divri haTorah hazois. So the bracha was given in a general form. And then there were brachas that were given in a specific form, which were the other 11. Each one was a specific bracha. And likewise, oror, which is what's written, was also articulated in a general form. And oror then was given in the specifics. So, you know exactly what happened, says the B'ra'isa, like this: that when it comes to the Torah, we're going to divide all of the mitzvahs into four categories. There is the Lil might, we have an obligation to learn the mitzvahs, to know what to do. There's an obligation to learn to be connected to Hashem, the mitzvah of learning. Then there is a mitzvah lalami, to teach. Then there is a mitzvah lishmar, normally, mishmar means guarding, guarding means not violating a negative commandment. Or as the marshal here says, lishmor means review your learning not to forget it. But you did the mitzvah of learning. When we learn and we don't review, like the Gemara says, it's like planting but not harvesting. Like you did all the hard work, review it to remember it. And lasseis means to do it. Either to do all of them or if lishmor means don't do the negative, then lasse means do the positive. So every single mitzvah can be broken down into these four categories. Lilmaid ulalamid, Lishmar vilasis, Harei, turning to the Zainam with Beiz Arba. So every mitzvah has four. Arba arba is eight. What's the four and the four? The way Rashi breaks it down, Lilmaid is four and Lalamid is four. Shemaino Shemainan, eight and eight is sixteen. In other words, think about it. If every single mitzvah, it's not the 11 specific curses. It's the entire Tayag mitzvahs. If before every mitzvah, we spoke out the blessing in the klal, So there's the klal and the Prat. That's two. And the klal and the Prat is spoken in the positive, And then you have the klal and the Prat in the negative. So blessed if you keep all of it. Blessed if you keep, let's go with the first mitzvah. Purotavu. Blessed, cursed, if you don't. Keep all of it, cursed if you don't keep that one. So every single mitzvah had on it four. And we're breaking down the four, it's not four, it's four times four. Because the blessings were given on learning. So blessed is the man that learns all the Titum. Blessed is the man, you understand? Cursed is the man that doesn't learn all the Titum. Blessed is the man, you get it? That teaches, cursed is that does every single one. On the lilmid and the Lalamaid and the Lishmar, and, and, and the last is Baruch Asher Loimid, Baruch Asher Yalamaid, Baruch Asher Yishmar, and Baruch Asher yakum. So it's really for every single mitzvah, there was a total of sixteen. And the brachas and the khlolis according to these tanayim were not made only on the eleven that are enumerated in Pasha's Kisavai, they were really made on every single mitzvah. So if you have 16. We're going to call these declarations of blessing and of curse as a covenant. There were 16 covenants for every single mitzvah, for every single mitzvah. Why do you say for every single mitzvah? Because for every mitzvah, before the specific, they gave the general. So there was the general and the positive, the general and the negative, negative. Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll see in a moment. Gavalik. So the whole thing was different. It was a long, uh, it was a long event. It wasn't a eleven, twelve. Gavaldik. And adds the Tanum, and the same sixteen covenants were given in Sinai, and the same were given on Arvasmoyev. Arvasmoev was at the end of Moshe Rabbeinu's life when he was on the bay, when he was uh, on the eastern side of the Jordan River as the Chumash Dvarim begins, there also was the covenant taken. Shana it says, Eilet Divrei Habris Hashem mm-hmm. And this is a Possek that's written at the end of Parsha's Kisavoi, that the Divrei Habris, you know, it's written after the Toichacham. But before the and Parsha's Kisavoi, you have the Brachas and the Clolos. And it says, even though that our Rashi takes out the next Possek, Ushmartem Es Divrei Habris Hazois, so these psukim, or according to the Rashi, we didn't need ushmatim as habris, it becomes clear that the divrei habris were not only said by Hagrizam and Ahar Eval, but the divrei habris were also given in the And it's a given that the divrei habris were given on Mount Sinai. So if every time this happened, there were a total of 16 brisois for every mitzvah. So it comes out mem ches brisos. I'll call mitzvah mitzvah. If they did this three times, Sinai, Arvas Mayav, and under Yehoshua, so sixteen times three is forty-eight, which is Why we haven't picked sixteen are the same. Right? These sixteen are the same. They repeated. They made the same covenant three separate times. We learn in Pir- Yahweh okay. that the Torah uh, is nikness ba'arboim u'shmoyna dvarim. These are the forty-eight berissois Or as they say that the word chayol Right, Anshe chayol ashes chayol, chayol bigamatria This forty-eight So there were forty-eight covenants for every mitzvah So when you have it in the, in the general and in the specific And in the positive and in the negative So that's four And each one of the four is for the Lilmite and for the lalameite And for the lishman and for the lassois Four times four sixteen Times three Comes along Rabb Shimon, and Rabb Shimon says, "You know, it says in Kisavai eleven specifics. So are you telling me that it's that off? In other words, it was on the entire Torah." Rabb Shimon says, I cannot include. I agree with you that we took a covenant three separate times in history for all of the mitzvahs, but that's not of the. That's not the story of hargrizim and on but there were three times. So where do you have three times? So by Sinai, when God gave us the Torah, we have a, we had the, the we had the sixteen brisos. By oil we have the sixteen brisos. Where is the third time that he's replacing this with the brachas and kollos? U'machnis oil midbar. That in the oil ma'ed, according to Rab Shimon, as we'll see in a moment, Rab Shimon will hold like Rabba Kiva. that the entire Torah. Bechlolos u befratus were given on Har Sinai, so in the oil meal there was a full repetition, and just like there was a bris when we got the Torah through Moshe from Hashem in its entirety on Har Sinai, bechlolos u So we had the chalal the prat. So in the oil meal there was a total repetition, and it's not going to be like the other opinion, which is Rabbi Yishmael. And Abishmal holds that on Har Sinai, in most cases, Hashem only gave the klalos, the general rules, but the specific of the mitzvahs were given in oil mait. So, if there was a krisus bris for all the mitzvahs, you can't separate Har Sinai and the oil mait because they are one package. It was the one giving of the Torah that was just spread out between Sinai and the oil mait. This, this, this is a two-way machlekas; that is, one is dependent on the other. In other words, the machlekas whether the the brachazuklalis of Har Evel were much more than what they were is dependent on the the time you be learned, Rabbi Ishmael says, nemru b'sinai, that only the general rules were given in Sinai, however, the specifics were given in oil moyed And for example, the third line, at the end of the third line from the top and the narrow lines of Rashi, keep going. Sinai, it says, all of us And in Sinai, Hashem gave us the general mitzvah of offering karbonos. But, he did not explain how do you put the blood on the altar. Or e emurim, exactly what parts of what animals are put on the mizbeach. And the hefshit and taking the skin off, tuach, and cutting the pieces up. And kolol shal on, and that the oil is entirely burnt up, etc., etc. According to Rabbi Yishmuel, that was not given on Har Sinai. So we know that there was a krisus bris, 16 times, lil moed, ulama, lishma, is positive and negative, on all the mitzvahs. You have to put Sinai and oil oil together. Because Sinai didn't have all the details. So you don't have the of the Prat. So according to him, the three must have been Sinai and el Then after it was given during the years, the life of Moshe Rabbeinu, before he passed away, there in the Mishnah Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu repeated everything again and made the krisus bris. So it must be the third time was of Subrachis of Hagrizim and Har evil. I, the Torah, speaks about 11? No, it doesn't mean 11. It meant 613. Amazing. Rab- and Abakiva who holds that upratus Sinai that's the first Rashi in Har Sinai right Ma Sinai just like Shemitah is given you see all the details that everything else was given with all the details so in Sinai we got everything so even before Moshe Rabbeinu moved into the oil ma'ed there was already a krisos bris because we had all the mitzvahs so the fact that Hashem repeated all of the mitzvahs again. So this allows us to have another Krisus Bris, Gavaldik. The second time, according to Rabakiva, was was the shit of, of Rab Shimon. No, Rab Shimon says that don't don't take don't put in Hagris on HaRevel. Rab Shimon and Rabakiva will have the same opinion, Gavaldik. oil Everyone agrees that before Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, Mishnah Torah, by Arva Ismayev, there was a krisus Bris. Now, if Sinai, by Sinai, there was a krisus Bris. But if Sinai was a wholesome giving of the Torah, like Rabbi Kiva, so you could say there was a krisus Bris on Sinai. There was another krisus Bris sometime during the period of the 39 years while all of the gilly of godliness came through the Oil Mayad. So Sinai, Oil Mayad, Arba but if you hold like Rabbi Shmuel, that Sinai and oil moil together form one unit of the Torah, so there's only one bris for that. So there's like another bris, but you're missing the third. Where was the third? And Mitzvah, mitzvah, There isn't a single. We're going back to the brisa mitzvah that's written in the Torah, so every single of the tayag mitzvahs for each one, at the end, there were 48 covenants. So that everyone agrees to. there, sin, that there is you go. To trying to make the reading of the Torah remain literal, <laughs> trying to do that, so it works only. So to Kiva, he can keep it That's it. According to Rabbi Kiva, he can keep it literal. Very good. Now, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda Ishkvar Kfar Omar, in the name of Rabbi Shimon, Ein Mitzvah Mitzvah I agree to the forty-eight covenants, but it's not forty-eight covenants for every mitzvah. It's much more than that. And here we are introducing these are very important suyas, We're learning it quick. There's a concept called Arvus. Arvus means guarantors or one being responsible for the other called Yisrael arevim zelozem. So think about it. How many Jewish people, their numbers that were recorded in the Torah, which were men from 20 to 60. So it says by Matan Torah there were 603,550. 603,550. And being that every Jew is responsible for the other one, and on that there was also the bris, So it's not every mitzvah has in it 48 covenants. It's 48 covenants times 603,550. Because I'm not only responsible for my mitzvah, I'm responsible for every single other Jew's mitzvah. Not for generally for the others. So, So, <laughs> So it's 48 times, 603, 550. Comes along Rebbe, and this is Gavaldi. Rebbe says, you also don't have it complete. And you know what Rebbe says? Not only am I responsible for every other individual's do- Jew's keeping of the mitzvah. I am responsible if for another Jew if the other Jew is not acting as an arv. There's arvus, de arvus. So I'm responsible... For myself, I have to put on tefillin. I am responsible for Chaim Yankel to put on tefillin. Now, if Chaim Yankel is also putting on tefillin, but Ruven is not putting on tefillin, and Chaim Yankel is in a position of being a guarantor and encouraging Ruven to put on tefillin, and Chaim Yankel is not doing it, so I am responsible to inspire Chaim Yankel to inspire Ruven. So that's six oh three five fifty squared. According to Rab Shem Ben I agree with him. You're, you're introducing Arvus. So then don't just say six hundred and three thousand five fifty. Ishkvar Akoi. She'omar in the name of Rab Shimin. Terein l'chol kol mitzvah, mitzvah, she'batreida shel anichus ala'ah, arbaim uushmoyna, brisois, times, sheish meyes elaf, ushloches alafim vachomish meyes vachamishim. Says oh, you want to take that opinion? Nimze l'chol echad vachad miyisrael is sheish meyes elaf vashloches alafim vachamish meyes squared. And as the Gemara explains, Mai what is the Rebbe adding? According to the, to, 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 uh, to Rav ben Yehuda, there's a concept of arva. Rebbe says, not only is there an arvus, but arva, de arva, ike bainayu. And this is, and it's, pratis, Rebbe, Poshet Ar, that's the Rebbe. That, that's the Rebbe. Yoimer. That the Rebbe, the whole idea of the Rebbe, wasn't only that the Rebbe brought back the concept of arvus. Through the Miftsayim. The Rebbe was Tefeach al Manas The Rebbe introduced the concept that we have taqa, over responsibility to inspire others, to inspire others ad infinitum. This idea is mamish from this Gemara, and it comes from Rebbe, which is beautiful. Now, there's just al Pihalach, it's important to note like this that there's a famous rush, and it's connected to the sugya. being that we give the number 603 550. I know there's an obvious rebuttal to what I'm about to say, but that's a, what the source for the rush is that atavos is only on men and there's no atavos for women and there's a lot of halachic consequences in other words, the fact, for example when I am a choy of in a mitzvah I can be moitzi someone else if the moitzi and the one fulfilling his obligation are in the same level of obligation so for example, a minor cannot be moitzi me because I'm a choy of Midaraisa the only mechoy from Chinuch but one second oh. So now the question is like this. What were to happen, for example, if I did a mitzvah, like Kiddush. I made Kiddush. Another Yid walks in, can I make Kiddush for them? And the halach is we could. I, I already fulfilled my obligation and they didn't. How can I be might to them? The answer is arvos. I did not fulfill my obligation yet. Because since he didn't, I didn't. No, it's arvos works that we are responsible for the other. The question is, is there arvos for women? So like this, the rush apparently says there's no arvos for women. And there was a big machloikas in halacha between the... You're, you're asking that if, let's say, a woman walks in, you make Correct, 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 correct. So the Noidib Yehuda says, the way we understand it. He understood the Rosh, that there is zero arvus for women. The Rabbi Kiva Eger, it tells the Neideh Yehuda that he didn't understand the Rosh properly. That you know where the Rosh says that there is no arvus on women. Not men for women, not women for men. Only on the mitzvahs that women are not obligated to keep. And mitzvahs, say, Even though women could keep it, that's how we pasken. And not only could women keep it, it's not baltresif. But we, we Ashkenazim, paskin that they can make a bracha. They can make a bracha when they hear the shayfer. They But since they're not obligated to keep it, there is where we say there's no arvos, according to the rush. But here, Rabbi Kiva Eger, holds that even the rush holds, on mitzvahs like Shabbos, wherever there is an exception to the rule, Shabbos is an exception because Shamr vizachr vidibar echad just like the mechoyv in the negative, the mechoyv in the positive, or in other mitzvahs, Shalayaz wherever women are obligated, like men, there is arvos even by women. This is a very important theme in halach. But let's go back to our Gemara. Now, continues the Gemara, and this is Gavaldik. So the way it worked was that all of the Tanaim and the Amorim, when they used to teach Torah, they used to teach it with a maturgamon. One taich of the word gemara is a maturgamon. In other words, the Tana is the rabbi teaching and the gemara is expounding and explaining the mishnah. What was the physical maturgamon, the interpreter? The interpreter wasn't only someone with a loud voice. The Tana or the Amida they taught very short, very precise on lashon HaKadosh and the maturgamon like the Gabbai, he repeated what the teacher taught, and he explained it in greater detail if it was needed. So here we have in the Gemara, which is that the Gabbai became a Rebbe himself. Rabbi Yehudah bar was a Maturgaman of Rabbi Shimon Ben-Lakish. Here he is giving already his own Titus. Good. So what did he say? So let's go back. At least it will be easier to understand this. According to Rab Shimon, we just learned that Rab Shimon holds that the Brachis and Klolois of Grisim and Avel were only those mentioned. It was 11 specifics plus the general. And even according to him, the Torah Shebach Sav is not written the way it happened because the general happened before the specifics. And the Baruch Bechlal is not mentioned. You only have the others. Everyone, though, Torah Shemalpeh is adding a lot, no matter how you understand what happened. But even if, we, let's learn this according to Rab Shimon, so there were blessings and curses regarding a general and regarding the 11 specific uh, mitzvahs that, that the Pasha spoke about. So says this Rabbi Yehuda Nachmani that all of them are related to the sin of adultery. All of them. Now, if you're going to look inside the Chumash, and if you want to learn Barikhus Mor Rashi, who goes through all of the 11, some of them speak about sins of adultery. So they are, they are understood. But many of them don't. For example, the first one written in the Chumash, not the first one given. The first one given was a general. But the first specific that's mentioned is... Uh, that's the last one. But we know it's the first one. But the first one that's written in Torah Shemachsav is So the Gemara asks, Are you telling me that they all relate to the sin of adultery when the first one written is That is naif on a yefes? First of all, if somehow this idol worship. Oh, so he proved it from here that if the Pasik would have meant that curse is a man that makes an idol. You know what the sin for making an idol is capital punishment. It's kolatayra kolavaydazar. So, ba'arur sagileh can't mean that we're speaking about that person who made the idol. He is not only cursed, it's much worse than cursed. Ella, that was his proof. Zed's really referring to people through who committed adultery and through, through their adultery, it led to someone else serving idols. For example, Zehabara erva. A man had a relation with a woman, who, let's say, is a married woman, meaning that the child, God forbid, that's born, is a mamzer. The mamzer knows he cannot marry amongst the Jewish people, or he can only marry a mamzeres or other people, but he doesn't want to be limited that way. So that led that child to say, it's not fair, what did I do wrong? And he left to live amongst the Goyim. And ultimately it led, since he lived amongst the Goyim, he became a Christian. So here the passage is saying, That cursed is his father and his mother. His father meaning the adulterer. And and, and Rashi works through all of the other, of the 11 curses. And it's uh, not so simple. Rashi is stuck with one. That even though some of them don't explicitly speak about adultery, it's all about the sin of adultery. To be aware that the sin of adultery, to a certain degree, is the father or the mother of all sins. That this is what leads people astray in all other areas. And Taka, as we see today, today, as we learned in the Gemara, the Chachamim took away the Kayach of uh, the the Taiva of of Avedezora. But the Taiva of Aveda and Bechal and Chazal, when they say the word Aveda, Aveda is Nus. Or as we learned just two daf ago, that the tzidah that was on daf lamet that the tzidah was both that simsa eneimul milah and vaseratam milmata. Cloud that the effect. That we're living today in a time that people are impotent. That's the, the whenever you're, the eye is sin, so then that that's the connection. One is connected to the other. People don't function properly, or the taiva is so big because all of the avedas are included in that aveda. That's the challenge of this. Of, of Zinus. Continues the gumar. Tonaraban. We learned in the Braysa bin Osato as al-Hagrizim, recording the Pasik in the beginning in Pasha Sri that the blessing should be given on Mount Grizim and the Klala of Gaimir. Says Digamah says the Braysa Matamullaimir. Why was this Pasik needed altogether? Im Lilmaid Shutehei. Al If the Pasik is the one here teaching us about this entire event that there is a blessing and a curse on Grizim and evil, why did Hashem have to write it in the portion of Ra'i? it says in And you can't say let it not say in Kip Parshaski In Parshaski the Torah has to write it because all of the details are written there which tribe stood on which mountain, the eleven, and then the 12th general, at least in the curses, whatever is written out, is written out in Parshas Kisavai. So write it in Parshas Kisavai. Why did you have to mention it all together in Parshas Re'ei? Ella, it's written in Parshas Re'ei, Here is where Hashem is hinting to us that which we know through Trader Shabal Pe'er, that the blessing has to be given before the curse. In Parshas Kisavai, only the curse is mentioned now you might think that first all of them let up shimon all of the uh, 12 were given in brachas and then they were repeated in the collies or according to the tanakama not 12 the whole tariag mitzvahs first it was all given in the positive and then all in the negative so Talmud That's why it says in the a bracha in the singular, and then it says klala in the singular. In other words, bracha achas koidamos leklala. One bracha was given, and before you gave other brachas, you repeated the same in the reverse. So you have one blessing and one curse. One blessing and one curse. One one. The aim kol ha-bracha is to all of the klalos. That is number one, and number two, Klala. It's making a hekish between, uh, we're comparing the rules of how the Brachas and Klalas were given that just like the Klala were given through the levim the Bracha was also given through the Leviyim. And furthermore, just like the Klala was given these are words that are written in Parshat kisavai the Brachas were also given they were given loud. Umah was given as we learned before as we learned before was given was given was given, was given, was given, was given as the Torah says, the 12th is a general and then you have beforehand the eleven specifics a <speaking in> bracha <Hebrew> was given first klala and then praat Uma klala, elu amain everyone responded to every single bracha every single klala, it's written in the Pasuk amen. so likewise in the <speaking in> bracha <Hebrew> that's not spelled out clearly elu <speaking in Hebrew> Everyone said Amen for every single one. And again, that happened not only once. It happened a total of three times. Going back to the Kris to Isbris, the So we have the Memches. Duvarim. Shahat Teira. Niknas Bohem. To stop here. Emir to be continued.